Money FM 89.3. Best of the evening runway. Market View on Money FM 89.3. That's right, you're listening to Money FM 89.3 and it's now time for Market View where we take a look at how the Singapore stock market is likely to close for the day, the biggest movers, sectors and companies to watch. But as always, a quick recap of how we started. Well, Singapore shares pulled into positive territory today following gains on Wall Street last week. In early trade, the Straits Times Index was up 0.4% to 3,156 points after nearly 70 million securities changed hands and the broader market. Now, numbers on the SGX are still firming up, but here are the numbers that we have on hand for the moment. The Straits Times Index currently up 0.91%, looking at 3,172 points. In terms of value turnover, that's $1.05 billion. Gainers outnumbered losers 403 versus 233. Top five movers by value we have here DBS, Yangtzejiang Shipbuilding, Sing Dollars, UOB, OCBC and Singtel. Heavily traded securities included Citrium, Capital World and Yangtzejiang Shipbuilding, Sing Dollars. Now, in terms of companies to watch for today, we do have DBS, the bank reporting a 16% higher net profit of $2.59 billion for the third quarter ended September. Now, meanwhile, from more on the hot stocks of the day to Senreal's earnings and Elon Musk integrating his AI startup with social media platform X. More corporate headlines and focus. And joining me on the line is David Kuo, co-founder, The Smart Investor. Mr. Kuo, welcome. Good evening, Tian How have you been? Good, and let's start with the Singapore stock market as usual. How has the STI fed so far, especially after that cooler-than-expected jobs data out of the U.S.? Any surprises when it comes to the biggest movers, say uh, DBS? Okay, so I think the market in general, pretty much as expected. If you have a look at what happened in Wall Street on Friday night, the S&P closed up about 1%. And today, the uh, stretch Times Index is going to close up roughly 1%. So we're kind of following what... Uh, happened on Wall Street on Friday evening. But in terms of some of the biggest movers, yeah, you're right, DBS uh, was one of the more interesting stocks. I think it's also one of the most widely held stocks here in Singapore. And Mm. so everybody was hanging on after the UOB results um, earlier uh, last month. uh, We had the DBS results. And uh, the banks are doing pretty well, Tian Tian. If you have a look at uh, what happened, yes, the profits were up. But I was more interested in what Piyush Gupta, the CEO of uh, DBS, had to say about Mm. the outlook. And he reckons that the outlook for the rest of this year is going to be pretty strong. But the other thing he said, which is really interesting, is that interest rates are going to stay higher for longer. And Mm. it is because that higher for longer uh, interest rate hold, uh, it may even creep up a little bit more. That is going to benefit the banks in terms of the net interest income that they earn because that is the difference between the uh, interest that they pay savers and the interest that they charge borrowers. And if mm. the interest, uh, if interest rates are going to stay higher for longer, then I think that will benefit uh, not just DPF, but I think also UOB and OCBC, which is due to report results. Mm, exactly. And in terms of some of the hot stocks to watch uh, for today, Mr. Kuo, we have Manulife US read up as much as 13.8% earlier today after the manager said it was on track to conclude bank negotiations by the end of the year. Of course, after it breached uh, one of its gearing ratios. And we also have Raffles Medical Group down 9.2% in early trade after Q3 profit dropped. The question is, which of the two counters stood out to you? Both. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so let's start with the first one. Okay. Manulife read. 
yeah, uh, many of the American landlords, which is what Menu Life really is, it's a office landlord, and they're, they're under a kind of uh, bit of pressure simply because property prices are falling and uh, the return to work hasn't quite been as strong as people had hoped, and so therefore there are lots of vacant uh, office spaces and rentals are coming down, so mm. Manual Life Re- is in a bit of trouble. Uh, but I am a shareholder, a unit holder in Manual Life Re- so I was hanging to uh, every word that the company had to say about its outlook. What it needs to do is to talk to its sponsors, talk to its lenders, and to try and find a way in which they can uh, start paying distributions because otherwise they're going to lose the interest of uh, the unit holders. And I think they are making some kind of progress. Uh, they've breached some covenants. The trouble with covenants, Ken Ken, is we mm. don't actually know what's in them. If you're not a bondholder, you don't actually uh, have privilege to have a look at what's in those covenants. So there are some things that they apparently have breached, and so therefore they need to speak with uh, the, the lenders and uh, sponsors and try and find a way out, hopefully by the end of this year. Uh, mm. With regards to Raffles Medical Group, this is uh, the tail end of the pandemic. Um, yeah. If we have a look at what happened this time last year, we were still in sort of pandemic mode. And um, what Raffles Medical Group now is trying to do is to right-size the business somehow and to uh, put the pandemic behind it. What I do find surprising, Tian Tian, is that... Uh, when the relaxation came in many parts of the world, a lot of people went back into elective surgeries. In mm-hmm. other words, if I needed a hip replacement or yep. I needed a knee replacement, I couldn't do it during the pandemic mm-hmm. because it was not considered to be important. But I would have thought that there would be some kind of tailwind from uh, those uh, elective surgeries coming mm-hmm. back. But I didn't see that in the report this time. So hopefully when it reports next time, we'll get some more clarity as to how that part of the business is going to be doing. I wonder if that has to do with medical tourism as well. But even in that case, borders are opening up too. Um, But either way, uh, let's take a look at what's happening in Indonesia, Mr. Kuo. Its annual economic growth slowed more than expected and Q3 to the weakest in two years. How far of an impact will this have on the broader Southeast Asia region though? I I think it's a warning sign for many of the economies here in Southeast Asia. Mm -hmm. I mean, the GDP for the quarter came in roughly around 5%. It was just slightly lower than five, 4.9 or something. But, I mean, that's, that's pretty close to five. And I think it really sort of needs uh, GDP growth in excess of 5%. But what it really is signaling is that uh, consumers are under a bit of pressure because of inflation. Uh, government spending is weakening slightly. Exports, now that's the key one. Exports are beginning to weaken also. And all, that really left, all that's really left is uh, private sector investments. So something needs to happen because otherwise I think the whole of Southeast Asia, and if we have a look at Indonesia in particular, Mm. I mean, one of their big trading partners is China and they're shipping fewer goods out to China. So that is affecting their net exports. So I I, I think what it really Mm. means, what it really signifies is that it's not a problem with regards to um, uh, only Indonesia, but I would think that other economies over here, Thailand, Malaysia, maybe uh, even Cambodia mm. and Singapore to, start, to, to a lesser extent are all being affected by this global slowdown, in particular in China, uh, mm. which is actually sort of dragging down all economies around this region. Mm. If you're just tuning in, we're now in conversation with David Kuo, co-founder of The Smart Investor. But Mr. Kuo, if we look further away into Japan, we not sure if we can get some positive clues though because if we look at Hello Kitty owner Sanrio, it's just so as much as 11% which is the most in three months. 
after quarterly results beat estimates on the 2nd of November, which is before markets close for holiday, if I recall correctly. Any broader clues we can get on travel revival and the health of the Japanese economy post-pandemic? I, I think so. Yeah. Can I just say, first of all, that I don't own any uh, Hello Kitty uh, items in, in, in my house. I don't own Hello Kitty purse or a handbag or anything. But clearly, it is very popular amongst uh, some of the uh, younger people. Uh, but I think what this is really telling us, Jen Tian, is that mm. the weakness of the Japanese yen is attracting people into, uh, well, uh, back into Japan because they just see it as being a cheap destination to go to. And so how long Japan is going to uh, keep its uh, currency low is something that uh, we need to watch very carefully particularly what the Bank of Japan is going to do. And if I can just refer back to Indonesia, they recently increased interest rates because they were concerned a little that the Indonesian rupiah uh, was actually falling against the US dollar. So there's going to be many things that are happening. You're going to feel like a circus juggler. I think if you are uh, a central banker or somebody in government, you're going to say, what do I need to do? Do I need my currency stronger so that I can fight off inflation to some extent? Or do I keep my currency weak? as in the case of uh, Japan and this uh, Hello Kitty, uh, mm. to try and sort of attract people into the Japanese uh, economy, uh, bring the tourists back, and they can spend money. It's not an easy task, I think, for anybody, Jen. Mm. I guess it's a tough balancing act, and you're always getting mixed clues as we go along. But let's talk about AI. Oh, by the way, Jen, yep. do, you, do you own any uh, Hello Kitty uh, items? I might have one or two, but... Uh, Only one or two. My mom okay, is a huge fan of Doraemon, so I have over a thousand Doraemon figurines at home. So <laughs> good luck to me when Chinese okay, New Year comes fantastic. and the spring cleaning. But let's talk a little bit more about AI before we go, Mr. Kuo. China's N Group received a Chinese government approval to release products powered by its uh, Biling AI large language model to the public. At the same time, Elon Musk integrating his AI startup called uh, XAI with social media platform X. Looks like very different go-to-market strategies for different players. How will this shape up the competitive landscape? I think it really sort of depends on what is going to happen. It Mm. seems to me that at the moment, if you don't put AI into any of your reports, nobody is that interested. (laughs) It's it's almost like the days when everybody had to put .com or .co.uk and say that we are going to be embracing the internet in some way. So I think this is pretty much the same thing. Whether you're a chip maker or whether you are somebody that is actually not involved in AI at all, you have to sort of start talking about it. Uh, I've even seen some consumer goods companies sort of saying they are using AI. Mm. In particular, Coca-Cola said they were using AI to try and find the new flavor, you know, at the moment. And they were searching AI. So unless you're involved in AI, nobody's that interested in your company or your shares. But I I think AI has a very long runway and we don't really know what's going to happen. I think in the case of uh, Elon Musk, Hmm. He certainly has a huge database in X in which he can uh, interrogate using his AI. So if you ask a question about something, I'm sure he can go into his uh, uh, X, previously Twitter Hmm. database to go and find the information that they need. And similarly, in the case of um, uh, China's Ant Group, uh, they Hmm. have a massive database as well. So I think the key really is that whoever has the largest database is probably going to win. Hmm. And... um, uh, it means that they, they have uh, access to a lot of data from consumers and users, mm. which they can then use to generate the uh, right. artificial intelligence that mm. we require, Tian Tian.
Yep. Exciting days indeed. Thanks a lot, Mr. Kuo. That was David Kuo, co-founder of The Smart Investor. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance.